Hey listeners, before we get into this episode, I have a quick ask to make. I started this podcast as a research project on how to be a top individual contributor in the product design space. My goal for the show was to learn what it takes to be an individual contributor that's doing amazing, impactful work that they love doing day in and day out and getting paid top dollar while they do it. Becoming that type of individual contributor is the ultimate job security. With close to 100 hours of interview recordings, this has naturally led to the creation of the short form video articles that synthesize my learnings into 10 minute listens of actionable content. You might recognize these as my morning walk episodes or the hashtag shorts episodes. To my surprise, those episodes have been very well received and listeners have enjoyed the synthesis of what I've learned. This has led to the next chapter of my research project, which is beginning to synthesize what I've learned into a new newsletter called Thinking Out Loud About Design that you can subscribe to right now for free. Thinking Out Loud About Design is an email newsletter and podcast that basically contains all my synthesis for my long form interviews. It's pure distilled learnings that you can apply to your career immediately. This content is for you if you are a couple years into your career and you're trying to make that move from mid-level to senior designer and senior designer to staff designer. I mainly focus on becoming high-performing individual contributors in the product design industry. A free subscription gives you full access to the newsletter, podcast episodes, and website. You won't have to worry about missing anything because every new edition of the newsletter goes directly into your inbox. So my ask is this. If you have gotten any value out of the way of product design, or if it's helped you in any way or someone you know, please subscribe to Thinking Out Loud About Design and get the distilled learnings on being a staff-level individual contributor. You can find a link to the newsletter in the show notes of every episode of this podcast and on my LinkedIn page. Just look up Caden Damiano. Thanks again for listening and supporting the way of product design. I wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening. Now, on to the show. Why don't some designs get built? Or why don't most designs get built? My thesis, what I'm going to talk about, so you know what you're getting into, is the fact that if your stuff isn't getting built, it means you're not thinking systematically. System thinking is what leads to more designs being built. Why? Because when a designer doesn't think systematically, they think myopically on the canvas, the screen, the artboard, the frame, depending on what you want to call it. The, they're focused on the flows. They're focused on one variable in a larger system. It's not like you're not thinking about Oh, okay, maybe I should show that talked about to an engineer about this. Maybe I should see if there's accessibility constraints here. Um, is, is this viable? Do people actually want it? Like, oh, well, the team I'm on has a lot of interdependencies to make this happen. Could we actually, should I start, should I stop designing? And should I start talking to those other teams to coordinate execution of this design and kind of sell them on the idea of like what I'm going for. A lot of designers, designers I don't think systematically don't do this. They don't think that's their job. They think my job is to make 
designs in Sketch. And then I hand it over to the developers and it's up to them to figure it out. It's up to the product manager to coordinate the execution of it. Well, that won't work if your product manager doesn't agree with you. If you haven't coordinated execution with your product manager, it's not gonna work unless your engineer agrees with you because if they don't agree with the solution, their creative brain shuts off. If they agree with you, all of a sudden, like the engineer is a partner and they're gonna work what work as, as hard as they can to figure out a proper execution. If they believe it, if you communicate the vision of what the design's trying to accomplish, that the people involved in the project are just as important as the design itself. And if you're not cultivating those relationships, you're not cultivating your teammates, good luck building stuff. Or good luck not like, good luck not gutting the designs with, with compromises so that they are a shadow of what the, the original vision was and they end up not accomplishing what you wanted to accomplish. <clears throat> Systems matter. Systems matter because um, I had a debate at work recently where we were talking about just one of these problems. Like, okay, like I, I really don't feel like what we're doing here is very systematic. I feel like this is very focused in on one specific flow out of the many flows our company has. Like they're gonna see this element in more use cases than one. So I really think we should reconsider this decision. And, um, and you know, like I might've said something that was construed as I didn't care about user experience because I said, I really don't think we should prior like over prioritize user experience. What I meant was we shouldn't design in a vacuum the most ideal best idea with all the with a bunch of conditional logic, custom custom conditional logic to make these like really like contextual experiences that go way off best practices are just normal consistent patterns in the industry of like how certain like elements work. In this case, this element, um, like there was no like, you know, use case, business case for making it this robust and contextual data. I mean, our contextual messaging. And, um, Yeah, like I definitely triggered because <laughs> it, it was in a design uh, meeting at Critique. Um, and I said, we shouldn't over prioritize user experience when thinking about this problem. They're like, well, user experience does matter. And I'm like, yeah, I know it does, but you know, it also matters. Like, have you even, have you even talked to engineers about that? Do you actually know what engineer you should talk to? Like specifically like the person you should talk to who's like the actual decision maker for implementing this do you know have you talked to a product management that you're reiterating on a design that hasn't been shipped yet and you've iterated before we've even tested out the first version of this because in this use case we haven't we're, we're still 
in development for that same design and we were iterating on the same design. That's, that's how something doesn't get built because you're not communicating the vision. You're also gonna destroy morale because you're gonna tell the engineers, okay, I updated the designs and they're like, but we just built it. They're like the old designs you made. You know, um, <laughs> like designers. I would say 25% of your job, if you're doing it well, should not should be like in your design software. Most of the job, you know, you talk to senior designers at these big success like successful companies, companies that are are really moving, moving inventory. <laughs> if you want to use the drug drug term, that. Because, you know, you could use startups as examples of speed and efficiency all day long. But startups don't say startups forever if they're good. Startups, if they're good, become growth stage companies. And they grow bigger. And the the design team grows bigger. The bureaucracies grow larger because you need to manage your success. There is infrastructure needed to handle success there is people required by necessity things must be more methodical and slow and you could say oh well you know they're slow they're cumbersome it's like no you're slow and cumbersome in politics you're slow and cumbersome in soft skills that's your fault you can't get anything done in a big successful organization because The more successful a company is, the more proven their product is, the less you need to do big overhauls, the more you need to, um, you need to uh, be more strategic and actually have the luxury of taking time to think about something, right? The reason startups even are fast is because they need traction. They need to find product market fit. Once you find something that works, that makes money. You don't want to change that. So speed is not the variable. Or like velocity isn't technically the variable. At this point, it is maintaining dominance. That takes time. That takes thinking. Critical thinking. This isn't high-frequency trade Wall Street land anymore. This is long-term um, investing, you know, hedging your bets. And... Uh, You know, people intentionally avoid bigger companies because they're like, oh, well, it's too big. Like, you can't get anything done there. It's like, well, I I, I would tell you that I disagree. If you know how to sell, you know how to think systematically and know that, like, okay, you have an idea, you have a design. Now you go, you find, strategically find the power brokers, the people that are the decision makers, and you meet them one by one. You don't do just one big meeting with everybody. You do, you meet each person one by one and you talk to them and you communicate the vision to say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about. You sell them one by one. Eventually they start thinking it's their idea. And then when all those people you talk to get in a room and start talking about it together, you've primed them already. You know, like, and isn't that any, is that not any different than like how a company grow successful we think that like products the most important um, division 
in a company. But you know, you gotta, yes, you gotta recognize that like sales is super important. These people are grinding it out. They're meeting with each customer one by one and they're building out a customer base to pay us money so that product could still do its job and please them. So like, how is that any different in the company? You think like in the company, since we're in a bubble, we don't have to sell anymore. We don't have to persuade. We don't have to talk. 25% of your job, if you're doing it well, like if you're a really good designer, you, you're a master of your craft, you should be able to quickly drum up designs. You should be able to like quickly drum up concepts. That should be 25% of your time. If you're at your desk, if you're in sketch most of the time, uh, you failed because you should be off your desk in, in COVID. You should be on Zoom. You should be on Slack talking to people, thinking systematically, thinking about, okay, well, what, what's the team we need to get this executed? Who do we need to partner with to make this happen? And if you do that, I promise you more of your designs are going to get built. I promise you that. Because when you get people bought in on your vision, all of a sudden they're more cooperative. All of a sudden, they're more creative. They're actually helping you figure out the details that you haven't figured out yet. Nothing is more beautiful than getting an engineering lead, a tech lead, bought in on your vision, and then they come to you and show you something that you haven't considered yet, but they've already solved it. They're like, okay, yeah, I was actually thinking about what we're talking about, and I thought we could maybe do this as well. And then all of a sudden, you just multiplied your effect because you're, you're sharing the problem-solving real estate by communicating your vision, selling, persuading. Um, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. I really think you should be spending at least half your time talking with people um, in your job. You should be understanding the problem space. You should be coming. You should be becoming a subject matter expert. You should because you got to be able to think systematically. And if you don't know all the variables in a system, how can you make those high-level senior decisions? Why? I mean, like, think about it. Like, why do most people get jobs? You think you look at your the designers you admire the most. The designers I admire the most knew someone to help them get their big break. They, they, they met someone, they networked in. They, they, they convinced people, they met with one person at a time in their network and sold them on the vision that they're a kid with potential. And they then they get the internship over people that like blindly uh, apply to places. And like, I'm telling you, if you think you're gonna spend 100% of your time learning how to get better at design software and then that's gonna give you an edge over other competitors for a job, you're wrong. You should be Chase Jarvis, uh, you know, photographer extraordinaire, creative live founder. Like he he said this in a video. You should be spending, it's the 50% rule, you should be spending 50% of your time in the community. Because that's where the big breaks happen. It's 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 in the community. It's not the certifications, it's not the accreditations. My college degree 
though it helps me be a hot, top performer in my job, it did not get me my first job in design. It didn't. It was the 50% time I was spending in the community, and that's what helped me. Man, it's good to just record that, get that off my chest, because I really think you could accomplish so much more if you just learn how to think systematically, understand the people variables, the political variables in a project, you get so much more done. So use this. I promise you more of your stuff will get built. You will get more opportunities.